Championship Roundtable podcast for the EPL Index. Uh, I'm your host, as usual, James Vickers. You can find me on Twitter at underscore James Vickers. And today, a bit surreal, uh, I'm joined by Colin Murray, who used to host uh, Match of the Day 2 and also hosts now the Football League Highlight Show. Uh, Colin, thank you for joining me today. I did, mate. You well? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Um, I wanted to start by asking you, obviously, seen on Twitter over the last couple of weeks, you were uh, out in Norway, um, sort of celebrating Northern Ireland getting into the, the playoffs now for the World Cup. Um, how was the trip over there and sort of what are your expectations for the sort of the qualifier coming up now in the, the playoff? It was good. You, you kind of, it's, it's a very big divide between being an England fan and being an Northern Ireland fan. So you've got to put yourself in the mind that not doing a huge amount for a long period of time, you know, and, and you, you don't, you don't really talk about sort of at the start of a campaign, you're not really talking about expectation or anything. It's about community and it's about, um, enjoying yourself and it's about backing your team as long as they get a hundred percent, whether you get beat five nil or, or whether you win five nil. It's really interesting because my Twitter feeds full of people going, who do you want? Who do you want to get the draw for the playoffs? What what, what do you think would happen if you got... And it's like, it, it's sort of the nucleus of what we do, really, is, is so we're not Brazil, we're Northern Ireland. That's what we say, you know. Uh, if someone does, like, the Norway game, like, we were awful in that game, which was great because what a good time to have a bad game. It's been a long time, I think, in my opinion, that we've played that badly. But we'd already got through with players in yellow cards and stuff. I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been Evan for the back heel, and like we're all just singing it's like watching Brazil. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was good. I, I've been I've been getting healthy over the last few months, so I haven't been drinking much, and that is impossible at Northern Ireland games. So I went into the bar at about two p.m. in Norway, which is way over expensive, by the way. Oslo's ridiculous, but anyway, go in, and I'm drinking at Northern Irish pace. <laughs> I haven't been drinking like that in ages. So I had a bit of a wobble about two hours before the game. I thought I might not make this game. <laughs> but my, my mate got me in the right track and then we got up to, up to the game. And uh, it's always a lot of fun, the away games especially. Like I managed to get to Germany, Czech Republic and Norway in this campaign. And I'm just hoping that when the playoffs are on that one of her legs isn't on the 14th of November because I'm hosting a charity night in London and I have to do it. So, like, if it's the 14th of November, I can't go. But I think I'm good for the 12th and 13th for the second leg. So, and I'd probably, you know, I'd, I'd rather have, I'd rather have Denmark than Croatia, do you know what I mean? But we'll yeah. see what happens. But bring it on. I mean, I think it would be brilliant. It's going to be a lot of fun. They're a team under a lot of pressure. I don't think they're as good as they've been in a long time. I, don't, I think they're the problem scoring against us. So, um, that, that could be really, really interesting. But the perspective, mate, is, We've been, you know, listen, I've went, we've went through decades of nothing, do you know what I mean? It, it, we qualified in 86, the last few years has just been, we've had some great nights, like beating England, beating Sweden, beating Spain, we did all that in the first sort of, you know, eight years of this this, de- this century, but like, to qualify for campaign and then get into the playoffs for a World Cup, it's unbelievable. We went from the the 100 and something in the world to breaking into the top 20 under Michael O'Neill, so it's like, it's kind of dreamland for us, but we still are like really grounded about it. Like no Northern Ireland fan that I know is sitting going, we should be beating teams like that, or you know any of that, any of that rubbish. Come up, that's why. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned sort of uh, sort of going over and having a drink. Obviously, it was I've been telling sort of my mates, and it was Dean really who put the idea in my head. I have to give him a shout out for it. Uh, how this interview came about, um, I think I'd been tagged in a. 
but for people who don't know, I'd been tagged in a, a post that the, the Football League show had, had put. And uh, I think you sort of saw sort of the back end of our conversation, which had um, come from that, really, talking about sort of away day stories and, and that kind yeah. of thing. And yeah, I've, uh, we're recording this on the Friday and I'm at Fulham away tomorrow. So I'd imagine, uh, sort of similar to you said there, a couple of hours before the game, it will be a case of uh, having to slow down. Is that the only game you can arrive by boat? Uh, it might be. I don't know of any other game yeah. where you can arrive by boat, but you can arrive at a dock and like get right off and then walk into Craven College near enough, like around the corner. So I, 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 I know I, I remember this is going back, but when Nate and Orient fans were in the same division, I remember my mate telling me that they would get a boat from like ten miles away and all meet and have like a booze cruise. Because Craven College is one of it has to be on the bucket list. Like if any football fan, if someone came from say wherever on holiday from Japan or from from Kentucky or wherever and said, "Look, the reason why I chose Kentucky as a producer, by the way, is in Kentucky at the moment of this. That was a very random place to choose, but it must be in my head. But if they came over, and you were giving them five grounds to go to. I think you got to think about Craven College, do you know what I mean? Definitely. The house in the corner, just the where it is. Very gentrified, like. Uh, but it, it, I don't live that far from it, like, so I walk around. But I sat with the gas this year, actually, in the uh, in the League Cup. So I sat with the Bristol Rovers fans when they when they won, actually. They beat them. Put them in a weird team. A championship, actually, at the moment, they're probably the team, probably, in terms of positions at the moment, they're probably the team in a position that absolutely doesn't betray where they're going to be at the end of the season. I mean, they definitely are not. But uh, not to get into boring football chat, but uh, yeah, joy for them. That's I mean. If you want drink down that way, it's usually Prosecco. Yes. Well, it's funny you mentioned the boat because uh, we, probably about a month ago, I had a few of my mates. We, we went sort of the last couple of years to Fulham and never did the boat. Um, but this year we're actually booked on it. So we, we leave Temple Pier at midday. <laughs> Uh, booze cruise down the Thames, which you know should be fun, um, and then yeah, we get dropped off uh, at Craven Cottage at just after two o'clock. So um, it will be interesting to say the least. Um, That'll be good. That'll be good. But, I mean, it, there's so many things you can do based on like if you if you look at not not obviously it's, there are exceptions to the rule, obviously in terms of uh, smaller towns being in top divisions, but but ultimately, you know, you look at, say, Manchester, London, Liverpool, how many clubs in the Premier League are there, there are different types of things, right? But village sides, I like going to see them, and this is pretty dull, but I can't do it this season, obviously, we're doing a year of the Football League, but um, a lot of weekends, I would go, okay, if I'm off on a Saturday, I would go and, say, see a team that are in the corner of, like, say, the Peak District, or in the Lake District or up the Y Valley or whatever and yeah. then you can go for a lovely walk after that you know, there's all different experiences built into away days as well you know yeah definitely I um sort of before I started following Preston away I'd sort of mainly only really stay around Manchester so it's amazing sort of places like Ipswich I've been to towns like that and it's it's great sort of way of exploring the country really um sort of first and foremost you go for the football but there's all these sort of hidden areas of the country that you necessarily wouldn't visit unless it was sort of going to the football. So parents do sort of see it as, oh, he's, he's off sort of to the pub again to watch the football. But, you know, I've had some yeah. sort of great stories that obviously it'd yeah. take more than just a, sort of an episode of this to record to, to sort of list through them all. Of but course. Of course. Yeah, 
if you want to pay for your away days, you can just bet Preston over and under yellow card this season, can't you? Oh, take over. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> It's uh, it's been a little bit different the last month with Ben Pearson injured, but uh, it's sort of still a fantastic record that he's got so far. So he's played four games and he's got five yellow cards. So he's going better than a yellow card a game at the moment. So um, you know what, in terms of the style that they play, in terms of sort of aggressive off the ball, I think that they are on it. Yeah. Maybe you know, maybe it will settle itself down. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's very much a philosophy of football, and if you are going to chase the ball like that, I think what was it? Brendan Rodgers used to call something like I can't remember, but like three seconds of fire or something like that. You know, when you lose the ball. Yeah. And when, when you're not allowing the team to settle, that you have to bite at them, and you know you do get hurt quite easy these days. I mean, yellow cards. I'm not being like an old school football fan, but you know, yellow cards are handed out at times. You think it even touch the guy, you know? So. Maybe it's just something that comes sort of hand in hand in the earlier days. Do you know what I mean of a season when you're when you're playing that style of football? Yeah, definitely. I think sort of to, to touch on it with Preston, I think there's that sort of onus of players trying to impress the new manager and also sort of get used to his style of sort of high intensity pressing football. So I think sort of over the course of the season, it as you said, it will calm down a little um, as they sort of grow into it more. It wasn't something we particularly did under Simon Grayson who's who's now left. So, you know, as you said, yeah, definitely it'll calm down and then hopefully not that I'm comparing the two, but it'll be more like a sort of a Barcelona or, or Borussia Dortmund kind of press where it's sort of not as yeah. as aggressive and sort of picking up yellow cards left, right and centre, but more sort of without the aggression and, you know, doing it for the, the reasons rather than just going flying into tackles. Um, do, but, you know, um, do, you know, do, you, do you know Alex Neal is only 36? I know, well, I couldn't believe how young he was when he, uh, when he took over. I don't mean that in a bad way about him, but proof, proof that there is stress in management, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I don't think there's any manager in football where you go, oh, you look a lot younger than your... Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I don't like that exactly. 
year with Norwich up there, you know, which if I was a Preston fan, uh, obviously you don't want to get too far ahead of yourself at all. But <laughs> yeah. and it's such a tight division. But like it's great to hear a manager being that sort of forward thinking already and that confident about where he wants to go and what he's learning and stuff. I do, I do like what he has to say, which you can't say about all managers, can you? Yeah, no, definitely. Well, he's uh, sort of impressed, I think, sort off the pitch more than he has on the pitch with me um it was really sort of you don't as you said get a lot of managers being that open and honest and sort of one of his first interviews that he did when he took over us he he came out and admitted sort of as you'd said made mistakes he's, he's learned from them and he's willing to accept that he made those mistakes in order to sort of move on and not not repeat them so as you said if he gets to the premier league again not change his style of play because it is the premier league and i thought that was really sort of honest and open of him to actually you know admit that in an interview go into a new club and sort of he's prepared to learn from their mistakes um he's a young manager and we've got a, a young squad so it's great to sort of see that sort of mentality in him yeah i think all that helps as well having a younger squad there's a couple i, th- I think there's a couple of younger like if you look at start 11 i think brentford and might be another one as well but yeah certainly about saying the bottom three yeah uh, you know, our top top three young, younger squads, whatever way you want to look at it. But you know, you couple that, so that's a lot of players that people are getting used to, right? You know, mm. most people think Sean, Sean Maguire. Like if you stop people in the street now, they think Sean Maguire is a former actor from EastEnders. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So <laughs> you know, you know. So this is this is all stuff that takes the pressure off to a certain extent. That these players are are coming in, they're young and they're talented. You know, it's something that. And by the way, it says something when I'm saying if you look at how many under twenty threes are playing for Wolves at the moment, you know what I mean? If there's something that they didn't mention, then it's been the bottom our top five youngest squads as well. Yeah. But when you've got that coupled with the fact that it wasn't huge money spent at all, do you know what I mean? Mm. So any you know, the few names that did come in and a few known signings were not even few, you'd say less than a few. They again none has created any expectation, you know, which I think is, you know, you put all these together, you know, not being a Premier League side, you know, in the modern era, you know, in a long time. You know, not spending big money, having a lot of young players that people are still getting familiar with outside of you know proper championship football. All these things lower expectation, I think, which is which is a good thing. You know, when you when you couple that with a team who are you know really well drilled, given one hundred percent, not short of talent. These are all good ingredients that can end up hot. You know, in the championship season. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, couldn't agree with you more. I think especially the younger players as well. There's been so, for example, you mentioned Chris Wilder at Sheffield United giving that sort of starting role to uh, David Brooks. He's really impressed. You know, he likes the Sean Maguire's. And I think, especially the way we've done it, sort of bringing in young, hungry players, there's definitely a way of going about it rather than sort of splashing the money on the so-called bigger players and bringing in sort of somewhat bigger egos and that kind of thing. So I think sort of the way Alex Neal and Grayson before him with us, um, I do sort of think that is the right way to go about it. And it'll be interesting to see sort of how he's, squad evolves over the season coming and uh, sort of which players really step up if we are sort of still around the playoffs come say March time um, yeah. I wanted to ask you though I was having a look uh, sort of doing a bit of research before this um, big Liverpool fan um, yeah. being from Manchester uh, all family United fans obviously there's the game coming up at the weekend um, yeah. Yes. Is it true that you got a Liverpool tattoo after the, was it the European Cup final? After the Champions League, yeah. Yeah. yeah after, in 2005, it was, um, 
I, I didn't. I mean, I couldn't go and see Liverpool play when I was young. I, I would have loved to look in my family's face if I'd have said, "Can I have money to go get, get a boat over for a football match?" That just wasn't an option growing up. Like, um, <laughs> and then I think about the first game when I was sixteen or whatever. So fast, fast forward to two thousand and five, and to be doing the job I was doing and to have the money to kind of literally pay to my mates, you know, like the best mates from Belfast, a couple of mates from London, and a couple of mates from Liverpool. Like, I'm going to get the tickets. Let's go. You know, and we all went together, and it was brilliant. You know, it was like all my mates at one time. You know, all 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 Liverpool fans all in Istanbul witnessing like the greatest game ever together. You know, so it was a brilliant thing. So with tattoos, like, so I have five stars tattooed my wrist. So with a Liverpool tattoo in that, that that is five European cups. But it's a friend tattoo as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not as in not as in friends. It's just called. Yeah. And uh, you know, as in the mates. Uh, uh, someone out there probably does have a friend's tattoo I might have to Google it but anyway so so it's kind of on your wrist and the thing with the tattoo is it got to mean something otherwise you just get sick of it you know what I mean yes so, um, so that's kind of it means sort of as much about sort of friendship connection and sort of a moment in time as well there's a bit of a oh it's good to have if you're going to see a tattoo every day it's got to be a, have a little bit of perspective to it do you know what I mean yeah definitely um, so a bit of that but uh, it was actually I mean I've let, I left the room for a star at the top for the sixth one <laughs> and then obviously it can go up the arm but at the moment that seems doesn't seem to be showing any signs of needing to be in, to be extended but uh, it'll be interesting to see if it ever does before I pop my clogs <laughs> well you sort of touched on there obviously wanting to win another European trophy um as well as supporting Preston I'm uh, quite a big Borussia Dortmund fan and follow Bundesliga um Jurgen Klopp's obviously come over to Liverpool how would you sort of assess the job he's done so far and, and sort of are well, you happy with him all, shame on you for even claiming support two teams I mean I know. <laughs> Chester Chester are kind of my not sec they're, they're kind of, I look out for Chester but I, I even I even stop at not saying second team because I don't think they should be just so shame on you for that <laughs> um, but that's, you see you're younger and then you, you could see this is the thing this is with Playstations and Xboxes that drop the you know I know definitely <laughs> if someone's from here and part of the world top me should, your, your other team should be like furry or something do you know what I mean but anyway <laughs> I should bloody Dortmunds but uh, listen I'm a bit I'm a bit different that way like I mean I've had a bit of trouble with Hudson I didn't, I didn't really when he was at Liverpool like, he never inspired me but even then I wouldn't say a huge amount, do you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm a different type of, I'm not a different type of football fan. I think I'm probably like a lot of football fans. I don't ring up phoning. Yes. I don't shout for a guy to get sacked. The only time I get annoyed at my team, and I do go to a lot of games, I get annoyed. I'm a little bloody doing the football league. Obviously means that you don't get to go to as much like football. That's the weirdest thing about presenting football. Yeah. You don't get to go to as much. But, uh, so this season's a bit of a sabbatical. But, if a player dies, I don't care what team he's on. See if he's cheating, I, I just I can't stand them. I'll scream. Yeah. I will scream from the stand at them. And if a player's not given a hundred percent, you know if you watch, especially you bring in a striker and he comes in and he's quite back even you're watching and you're thinking that you haven't left that three yard square of grass in about six minutes. Yeah. You just stood there waiting for service. You're doing nothing. Yeah. Like so that type of thing annoys me, but. I've always got the perspective. Like I, that's why I like when Brendan Rodgers came in and he said, I'm not here because the club won European Cups. And, you know, I'm not here because of their history. I'm here because of what they can be like going forward. And that's what I like. I don't like the, we are Liverpool, we deserve. We, you know, no team deserves anything. In any given season, you play your fixtures and you get your points. And 
and we're, you know, okay, stacked financially and it, there's a lot of factors that, you know, play into both what's happening in the, uh, probably in every division. I mean, like, you, you know, you spend more money, you have more chance of going up. But by the same token, like, you know, you, you play the games, the league rarely lies when you take everything into account, you know what I mean? Mm. Liverpool haven't been unlucky to not win a league in this amount of time, you know what I mean? So, I've just got a lot of perspective. I support the team, win or lose. And I think it's because I was brought up into kind of being a Liverpool fan through like stories of Bill Shankly. And I always sort of sticks in my head sort of that, that he built the club and one of his best quotes is like, if you can't support us when we lose, don't support us when we win. Mm. And I don't really support Liverpool to win. Do you know what I mean? I support Liverpool for a lot of boring reasons, family reasons and other reasons. But like, that's why I do support them. That's why they were my team. And, I grew up in a country that they used to say was red or red, you know, so you're either United or Liverpool, but uh, it's not my, I'm, I'm not, I never, I think I'm probably the last person that even when I get really annoyed calls for a manager's head, you know, it's not really my style. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game-changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Yeah, definitely. I think in particular with us, there was sort of towards middle of last season when we had a bit of a dip, there was calls for Simon Grayson's head and didn't really understand it, to be honest, with the, the job that he's done for the club. And I think sort of for, for fans and for Grayson, I think the way he left in the summer was probably sort of as daft as it sounds, like a, a perfect way for him to end it. He, yeah. He'd taken us as far as he thought he could go. He wanted a fresh challenge. And, you know, we haven't looked back since. We've brought in Alex Neal, who's done fantastically well. And, yeah. It's been good. It's just like it's dead simple. As long as people keep buying newspapers that 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 spend their time just constantly digging out players, uh, managers, you know, you know, if then people are buying them less and less, it's becoming sort of less of a thing, I suppose. But you know, that's the bottom line. You know, the more and more we become, we we, we get our news online and we just click in stories of the Peter Dawson and read them. Then I suppose the less impact the sort of negative
if, if Crusty McFly was managing Liverpool, I'd still be a Liverpool fan. Doesn't matter. I don't really bother myself with if if someone was awful. Like if, if Liverpool were in the bottom three now and survived relegation by two points last year, I probably would be having a conversation with you about we should probably sack this manager. But I think it's ludicrous to sort of even chat about sort of where he is and all that. It's just he's Jurgen Klopp. He's a really good manager. Lucky to have him. Definitely. Support, support the club. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more with that. Um, I wanted to touch on, um, and it's been quite interesting for me, sort of uh, been a Preston fan, but then starting to host the, the podcast now, getting the sort of the views from different fans, different clubs. Obviously, you were on Match of the Day 2 where you'd cover predominantly the Premier League and, and Liverpool. How's the, the sort of transition been going from focusing on one league to, to doing the Football League show where you've got the three leagues to cover now? It, it, I mean, I, this is me not saying that... I'll start again, okay. Yeah. To be honest with you, mate, it, there's no transition, really. I Like, I do a little bit of TV once in a while. I, it's, I'm a radio boy. I, I started as a print journalist and went into radio and the thing I like I have to do or I would sort of I think I'd have to break down I, d- I did uh, match of day two for three years it was offered it was good profile uh, you know I, I do the football league now it's a really small team that work on it and a brilliant team like it's really really good fun but you got to remember like say say I did talk sport which I left recently, like about a year ago the three years I did there you, you know first of all you've got we, we had all-time record ratings in that, and that show so we had up, up to sort of 1.2 million. You're doing three hours a day, 15 hours a week on all division and other sports. Yeah. And that is that is journalism. Football highlight shows are about, match of the day too, was about people sometimes, this is the frustrating thing about football highlights on TV. Match of the day two, people would say to me, why did you ask him about that goal? And I'm like, because he'd already made a package up. Yeah. Like some people think I asked the question and then they what they made the package in three seconds when he answered it. It took two hours to put together the analysis. You know, the, the actual visual and the, the the circles around the players, etc. It's, it's been made. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So it's kind of quite straightjackety because you're just going, I you've already told me what you want to say, and I'm just getting you into that really. And then moving on to the football league, that's more enjoyable because. And, and it's like I think people don't I think there is quite a few people watching maybe don't get their heads around it but it is working because the audience is 20% like this year than what it was last year yeah. and it's dead simple show more highlights show more football we've, like, we've got so many teams to show in such a short space of time why would we talk more yeah. like, and the other thing is as well especially when it comes in the League 1 and League 2 which I wish we had longer for. I'd have another half hour if I could for that. But at the same time, like it's like, don't tell a, a group of fans who are spending their hard-earned money to go and see a team who are 88th or 89th or 90th in the football league, right? Don't, in the first four divisions, don't go telling them they're bad. Do you know what I mean? Don't point out the left back isn't good enough. Yeah. Who's, well, what's the point of that? So, mm. so what we do with the, what we've done with the Football 5 show because I sort of it, 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 it had been something that, that I've been talked people had talked to me about that show before and it didn't quite appeal to me because there was all sorts of things about you know making it different and making it whatever just show the football you know what I mean so that's what I've done with it like there's just me there's one pundit 
I told him, don't have to do analysis. If you want to talk about the club itself, that's good. If you want to talk about the community, do that. You know, but we're only going to be in vision for about 12 minutes, yeah. an hour and a half, right? You, you, we literally hardly ever envision. So the one thing that's quite difficult about it is just, just make sure that like over the course of like a couple of months, you spread out the rare chances you do have to talk, you know? Yeah. And people who watch it every week will know that one week we might talk about Preston and then the next week we might talk about Bristol City and the next week we might talk about Cardiff, next week and so on. We don't have time to talk about them all because see if we do, you're going to be looking at our ugly mugs instead of seeing the football. Yeah. And who the fuck wants that? Yeah. <laughs> so, so people have to get over this kind of like, where's our fur whack? And the other thing is as well, the Premier League is huge, huge, big budget, right? Yeah. Almost every game is televised, right? Every single Premier League game has loads of cameras at it by default, right? Every game is filmed from every angle. That's not the case in the Football League. So there's three games, two of which have got nothing to do with Channel 5, that are filmed by more than one camera. And then we get to pick one every week as well in the Championship. And more often than not, we're picking one to really sort of make sure that it's not just you know, sending loads of cameras to the big clubs or, you know, the teams in the top three or four or five. And then that's really nice and we get to do that. But a lot of the time, well, all of the time, the running order is not picked based on the results. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's not what happens. The producer sits there and works his balls up to put together the runner and hopefully, with his great knowledge that he has, he's picked the right game to send loads of cameras to. But sometimes, like the other way, you do it. And it's a nil-nil stinker. So <laughs> instead of start start the show with six minutes of highlight of a brilliant game with seven cameras there that finished three two, you're having to move that game, which was nil-nil and awful, to the back of a package and only show it off it. And then you've got to reinvent the top of the show to show the game that finished four three that you only sent one camera to because you're not because it's football. It's yeah. not the theatre. You don't know what's going to happen, right? So. The only thing that's frustrating about it for me is it's all, it should all be about the football. And to be honest, I'm only uh, like 99 out of 100 things don't frustrate me. But I will tweet people back because they'll tweet me and go, we were on fifth again. And I'm like, why are you telling me? Yeah. Why, why, you may as well tweet the Dalai Lama. <laughs> I don't pick the running order. I, and I'm only envisioned for 12 minutes. It's, you know, so like it really is. That, that is the weird thing about it. And every week there'll be a club that goes... Thanks, our coverage is great. And another club that goes, oh my God, we weren't on enough. And it's just, it literally, mate, is all bollocks. It, it's just, you just, you do what you can with the resources that you have. And what's more important to me is, you know, I'm really, I always say, you know, the pundits are great in the show, actually. You know, they're really, like, you can just talk to them. And, like, I know Mickey well, but Chris is brilliant as well. Really nice guy. Clinton's a good guy. And we're bringing in new people all the time. And I always just say to him, look, Get it right, you know. If you don't know what you're talking, you don't go to see the, all these teams week in week out. Go into the fan forums, read yeah. what the fans are saying after the game. It's easy. So we we've, we've been doing a lot more of that, I think, than you would be used to seeing in most shows. And we're not doing it in a kind of token way. We're doing it because I don't sit, you know, in the Tom Finney end. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I so I can't possibly say what Preston are like over ninety minutes every week. Because we have all of the championship games and the League One and League Two. So every week, I'm really just picking, like, I watch half of that game and half of that game. So 
you always we lean a lot on the fans, and I really enjoy that. You know, when you can go on air and you can say, okay, this is what this is what you know Coventry fans are saying about the season so far. You know, this is what Brentford fans said, and we try and do that a hell of a lot. And we only put in one or two bits of actual analysis a week, and the rest of it's just talking about the clubs. And it seems to be going well. I mean, the figures are really good, so if more people are tuning in. I think that's kind of a good sign, you know. Yeah, definitely. I think last season, towards the end of the season, I sort of tailed off from watching it, but definitely this season, I've, as you said, I've noticed the change on it, and it's sort of a much more easy watch now. You sort of first and foremost tune in to watch the football highlights. So it's great to see sort of the emphasis shift into that, um, and you're doing a fantastic job of it this season. So you know, long may it continue. Um, the only time, I mean, the other thing, if you notice, would be doing. We always will focus on the team that wins, and the only time that would be different would be if, say, the manager gets sacked because of that game. Yeah. And then, of course, you have to, you can't ignore it, you can't set the end. If you've only got a minute and 20, which, by the way, I'd advise anyone put a stop clock on how long we talk. Yeah. Off the bag of games. A lot of times, it's 40 seconds, right? That's the trick. 90 minutes of football, 40 seconds. But we've set ourselves that challenge this year. If, look, keep it simple. Say what you have to say in that time and move on to the next game. Nobody wants to see four minutes of highlights followed by four minutes of chat. That's the wrong balance. Football's about football. Not about me and some guy that used to play football talking about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So if you put a clock, you only get a small amount of time. So I remember this season we had, was it, was it you? It was I. It was Preston. I think you got Harry Redknapp sacked. Yes. Preston got Harry Redknapp. <laughs> Nothing else. No. So we you have boys back, you beat them, got them sacked. We did it, I think we did two minutes exactly. Um, so we even added an extra like 40 seconds on. We started that and we went, before we do what we have to do, let's say Preston were brilliant today, but we've got to talk about how you end up leaving. Yeah. I mean, and that's the right thing to do, do you know what I mean? But uh, it's only in that situation that we don't, first of all, give credit to the team that wins because that always annoys me. So let's say, for example, when, say, first game of the season, Burnley beat Chelsea, right? Mm. Uh, and people, a lot of people, a lot of outlets will write or talk about Chelsea losing their opening game. Yeah. And I'm going, well, they didn't. Burnley won their opening game, you know. I always try and start with the, that. And the other thing is, as well, see if a team are shit. I just don't see the point of saying it. Yeah. I think you just go, they don't be told. Yeah. You don't need to go on air and go away, by the way, Burton Albion haven't won him such and such, or, you know, whatever it is. You don't have to go on and say, you know, you don't have to spend 20 minutes talking about, you know, if you're doing the Premier League stuff, I guess you're doing a Premier League chat now. Why do I have to tell West Brom fans for five minutes they haven't won since whatever it is, August 19th or something like that? Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's a stat and you say it, but you don't need to sort of... <laughs> rub it in yeah. <laughs> I think you know Preston going to lose the last thing you need is fucking tune in on a, on a Saturday night and there's some golf shite telling you again you know yeah. so <laughs> I'll, I'll be trying to try to avoid that as well well, when we inevitably go on a losing streak then I'll uh, I'll definitely be watching that out to make sure that you don't mention well, that <laughs> do you know what the two things that people never that I think the two things that when people talk about what's going to happen in a season never gets talked about as much as it probably should is in injuries and suspension yeah so if you look at the top teams that would worry me a little bit more well it would worry me more if it was Preston or Sheffield United than what it would if it was Wolves yeah because they just have more depth in the squad you know 
so so that would worry me a little bit. And the other one is a bad refereeing decision, or you know, a one that goes for you. You know, in, in a league so tight, you can talk all you want about this team press, this team bend and don't break, this team play football like this, this team play the diamond, this team play the long ball. You could be two points outside of the top two or one point inside the top six because a referee gave you a penalty you shouldn't have had or didn't give you a penalty you should, you know? Yeah. So in a league so tight, it can come down to that. But that would be the, I mean, it's the, the thing about Preston that is like the really good vital signs. I always say you look at it like, you know, a health check at this stage of the season, you know? You go for a medical and you go, right, what's the, what's the, what's the, the vital sign saying? And the, the only two kind of like crosses on, 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 on the Preston health check at the moment would be picking up quite a lot of yellow cards. So inevitably that would lead to some suspension. Yep. And then, you know, that kind of goes hand in hand with, you know, who's going to come in there. Do you know what I mean? Because it is such a young squad. Mm. But everything else is such a good pick. Do you know what I mean? When, when you weren't scoring a lot of goals at one stage early on in this season, you were, your defence was just so tight. So you were picking up loads of points. Your return per goal, point per goal, early in the season, unbelievable. And then and then the shooting boots came on. It yeah. just ticks all over the place. Camaraderie, team spirit, manager's ability in the division. And tick, 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 tick. You know, fan support, you know, the way the fans get by Preston. Tick, these are like, you, you, you don't give an inch Preston fans. You know what I mean? You're, you're, you, I don't think they kind of get the credit for how fanatical they are. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So, definitely oh, experience oh, that. Going on, do you know what I mean? So, and here, when's Gentry Day? Uh, they've not decided. They've not decided yet, but it's normally March time, and I think this year we've got Bolton Wanderers away, which is a really sort of local game for us. So I'd imagine it'll be maybe Bolton. Uh, I can't remember who we've got the other away game quite close to that, but it, I'd imagine sort of ninety percent sure it'd be one of them two. Um, I must keep an eye on it because I'm pretty sure we could uh, we could start at the Channel Five show in a bowler hat. Definitely, yeah. Probably, probably do that at the market. Um, so uh, we could do we could do that. Definitely, yeah. Well, uh, sort of ending on a high. Talking about Preston is probably the best way to uh, to end this interview. Um, <laughs> thanks so much for joining me today, Colin. It's been Any an absolute time, pleasure. Thanks for asking me. That's all right. And uh, as I said, um, looking forward to the rest of the sort of the season and, and watching the football highlights. Now that you're focusing more so on the highlights than. Uh, than sort of the, the talking. Um, if you wanted to let everyone know, you mentioned at the start that you were involved in a charity do soon. If you wanted to let everyone know about that, that'd be yes, sort of a great time. In London, any, anyone who's in London, uh, go to the Union Chapel website, which I think is unionchapel.org.uk. Any any fans at all from who are based in London, any football fans in London, we're doing, we work for this charity that Steve Cram runs called Coco, and it's, a, it's an amazing school that uh, the charity's built in the middle of nowhere in Kenya and I've been the last few years. I really want to build a library there. There's a very big imbalance between males and females. It's very male-dominated society in some very simple ways and some very gruesome ways. And, you know, if you go back to those, you know, if you want to find knowledge, if you want to find power, find a library, and there's just none. So I'm trying to build this library in Kenya in the middle of the Maasai Mara for the Maasai tribes women so they can read books from female authors on female subjects. And they'll have other books in it, but that's the big driver. We're going to name it after a female from the area as well. It's done loads of good work. And the way they build out there, it's a lot cheaper. This, if I can sell out this one charity night in London, it will build the shell of the entire library. So it's six comedians. 
So it's Paul Senna, Aim Sterling, Lucy Porter, uh, Matt Ford, Eddie Caddy, Justin Murhouse. It's an amazing lineup for just 20 quid. 20 is plenty. So it's like, yeah, anyone that can go to Union Chapel, I think it's unionchapel.org.uk. It's on the 14th of November. So it's what I was saying. It was the, could be the night Northern Ireland are qualifying, qualifying for the World Cup. <laughs> but uh, yes, I mean, if this, if this can even sell me 20 tickets, do come along. There, there won't be a better value comedy night. Forget the charity, do you know what I mean? There won't be a, a better value comedy night anywhere in London. And it's also just the best cause. Um, and Union Chapel in Islington is a stunning venue as well. So yeah, if anyone can buy those, that would be great. Yeah, definitely make sure you check that out. Um, as usual, I've been your host, James Vickers. As I said, thank you for joining me today, Colin. And uh, Borussia Dortmund. Borussia yeah. Dortmund fan. Never forget that when you're listening to this. Yeah. Borussia Dortmund fan. Shame. <laughs> Shameful. <laughs> well, thank you for joining me today, and uh, we'll see you soon. Take care, mate.